Welcome to Mind Your Own Marketing Business Podcast, where we explore marketing trends and technology, gaining insider knowledge from the industry's best. Fjord is proud to present Mind Your Own Marketing Business with host Joe Barsness. Thanks for joining us on the Mind Your Own Marketing Business Podcast. I'm Joe Barsness from web and software development team Fjord, and today on our show, we'll be talking with Jackie Russo from Brand Russo. Welcome to the show, Jackie. Thanks, Joe. I appreciate being here. All right. Well, uh, your name is in the title of the company that you work at. Um, I would I would love to hear uh, a little bit about um, yourself and, and how your company got the same name as your last name. It was coincidence. I mean, I was walking by, I see a company with that name on it, and I think I need to apply there. Uh, no, I'm yeah. one of the co-founders. And so when you're okay. a co-founder, uh, you get to put your name on the company. And and consequently, after about three years, uh, when you buy a building in downtown Lafayette, you get to put your name on the building too. It's kind of cool. Very nice. And uh, so you have a nice big sign on the outside of your building, like we all dream of? We do. We do. Um, now, it's not a skyscraper. Um, mm-hmm. It's it's only a one and a half story, although we do have plans for a rooftop terrace because we overlook a park that's right in the central sure. area of our downtown. Um, and, you know, being in the South, we have lots of fairs and festivals and music events. And all of that happens in the park that's right outside our front door. And so um, a rooftop terrace is going to give us a great vantage point for that. But we're not there yet. We're just working on the design plans. Well, have you ever been to uh, Wrigley Field? Yes. Where those, I'm sure people know more than I do about it, but the buildings behind them that have this, you know, the bleachers on them. Right. I'm thinking something like that for this event center that's in front of you. When I was in uh, Los Angeles, one of my clients at Creative Artist Agency was Bonnie Hunt, the actress. And sure. um, she actually put out a show called The Apartment that was really one of my favorite TV shows of all time. And it was about a group of friends in Chicago who lived in that building. And they were obviously huge Cubs fans. And so they would go out and watch the games. Um, the only problem is that show launched in the fall of 94 opposite a show about a group of friends at an apartment building in New York. And so the New York Friends show uh, kind of outweighed uh, the PR from the Chicago Friends show and um, Bonnie Hunt's show went quiet and the New York Friends show went huge. Ah, well, we all know where that ended, I guess. Exactly. (laughs) Um, You know, funny that, you, you know, you mentioned name and rooftop terrace. That sounds cool. So our measure of success, which we are, you know, I don't know, real close, but could be real close is um, uh, because I was one of the first three members of our team as well. Uh, Our goal is to have one of those internal staircases between floors that was like the the level of success, you know, as we started our business that we were going to drive by. And we we now have, I think, 15 or 16,000 square feet in a building that's in downtown Minneapolis. And the next place we go, we either got to go to one of those big office parks outside of the city or we need to make a staircase inside, which who knows if our, I mean, it's not like it was a prereq to, to lease the space that we are, but that was like gonna be our signature of success. That's cool. And especially as so many companies are downsizing and letting go of real estate, if you're upsizing, that's a huge statement of success these days. We're getting ready to add uh, about 3,000 square feet onto our building because our creative team is growing and they need their own quiet space. They say that we're too loud. Uh, we all have loud shoes 
And so we either have to wear socks or add on for them. Yeah, well, same same thing with developers, right? They need their their space uh, in yes. our world and their um, uh, you know quiet and non disruption, uh, which it's- I don't blame them. If I was doing the type of work that they're doing, I probably would get very easily distracted and interrupted and need time to to get back to it. So. Um, but before you founded this organization, what was kind of your background? Were you a creative person? Were you uh, just right out of school? What was what was happening oh, no. when you created it? Um, so I like to think of myself as creative, but not artistic. And those are definitely two big differences. Uh, so I'm strategically creative, uh, but I can't draw or paint or sing or any of those you know, find a beat in a song, none of those cool creative things. Um, so I uh, went to school at the University of Louisiana, go Cajuns, and moved to Los Angeles after college. My first job out of college was working for Creative Artists Agency. Uh, the aforementioned Bonnie Hunt was one of my clients. Uh, left after quite some time there and fo- uh, co-founded a production company. I was the junior person on the team. Uh, the two seniors um, were the creative mind and the financial mind. I was the get it done person. And so we produced a couple of um, feature films, Virtuosity with uh, Denzel Washington and Russell Crowe, Hideaway with uh, Alicia Silverstone, Jeff Goldblum, Christine Lottie. Um, I did a lot of product development and that landed me on the radar of Barry Diller, who was in the process of buying ticket ma- of um, buying Home Shopping Network because we okay. had put some products on his um, airwaves that had done very well. And um, then, as he was buying Ticketmaster, this is not in any way related to recent Ticketmaster troubles. He's out of that now. Um, but so he hired me, and so I was a part of the team that did the rebranding to unite these 14 different companies to become this huge multimedia conglomerate. And then I moved back to Louisiana. And so I worked in-house for an agency, and then I worked in-house for a regional uh, company, and then I started this company in 2001. Got it. Oh, very nice. Well, and yeah. to our listeners who are not listening to this and the day that it comes out, the recent uh, activity with Ticketmaster that I'm sure many people will remember, including my family very specifically, because I have a seven-year-old daughter, is oh. the time that uh, uh, we, we're we recording on November 21st of 2022. And uh, Taylor Swift just released her new tour, and there was quite the fiasco about getting tickets. My wife did get tickets, though. Um, wow, after, I'm impressed. After, after ten hours on online, but and winning the lottery to be a approved fan and the whole bit, but that's what we're referring to. And I always say that um, this is really slightly ignorant of me because I don't even know how these companies are are uh, like made up as to who owns them and all that. But Mr. Ticketmaster and Mr. Visa are hanging out in their pro- next door on their private islands. Yes, indeed. When I didn't have a Capital One visa, so I um, signed up for one for the Taylor Swift sale because my youngest, the entire Christmas list just says Taylor Swift tickets. That's it. That's our whole Christmas list. So um, signed up for the Capital One visa. Um, they didn't. I didn't have the number right away. The card still hasn't arrived, actually. So then I borrowed a friend's. I spent about six hours. Obviously, I don't care about my daughter as much as your wife does about hers. Um <laughs> And uh, never did get the tickets. Figured I could get them in the general sale, and then they canceled that. So Ticketmaster's not making friends anywhere, including the uh, Justice Department. So we'll see what happens with them. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure we'll look back on this and 
and and know more about a story that happened than we think. For sure. <laughs> For sure. All right. So um, I want to know, like, one of my favorite things, and including asking you in particular, what is one of the coolest things or the coolest thing that you have gotten to do because of your world of publicity and uh, uh, production and marketing and creative agency? What's thing, something that you're you're really excited and get to tell a cool story about? So some of the coolest things that I got to do when I worked in Los Angeles all involved a-list celebrities and movie stars. Um, one of my clients was David Letterman. And so I was a part of the team when he moved from NBC to CBS. And in launching that show, I got to be involved in some of the development of the early programs. And so Paul Newman was one of our clients. Um, so it was decided he was going to be a guest on the very first episode. And he wanted something cool to say. And um, the studio where Dave's show was happening was where Cats had been on Broadway for ever and ever and ever. Oh. And so... I wrote the line uh, that when Paul Newman stands up in the audience and looks around and says, where the hell are the damn cats? As if he was thinking he was at the Broadway show and stumbled into Dave's show. So that was kind of cool because I got to write that line. That was interesting and fun. Um, cool. You know, I, I, working with Russell Crowe on his first American feature, um, he didn't know anybody in the States. And so we got to spend a lot of time hanging out together. So that was kind of interesting. What um, was his first feature? Uh, was Virtuosity with Denzel Washington. Oh, sure, sure, that sure, sure. His okay. very first American movie. Um, Got it. it was just putting the two together here. now. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Makes sense. Um, and so, you know, that was, that was cool, but really the work that I've done for brand Russo is the stuff that I think is the best, uh, because that's been about helping people grow their businesses, about helping companies get bigger, move into new markets, uh, you know, taking a, a bank that had $350 million in assets and growing them to 1.2 billion and the jobs that that created and the community that that helped support. And as a business bank, the businesses that they were then able to develop relationships with and support those, that's the stuff, right? Uh, mm -hmm. it, it's watching economic development happen in real time. It's watching job growth happen in reality. Uh, that's the thing that gets me up in the morning. Awesome. Well, and I know... Um, I mean, I guess uh, I want to talk. I know you have a specific process that uh, that you've developed in, in 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 doing some of that. But will you tell us uh, a little bit more about like the overall um, like what your team is really good at? Is I imagine it's following in the footsteps of what you just talked about. But uh, talk about your team members, what you guys do really really well, and then we'll get more into uh, what you call Razor. Yes. So uh, when the agency first started, it was strictly me being a media buyer and Michael, my co-founder, being a creative talent, graphic designer, copywriter, videography, production, that kind of thing. And um, that was the early days. And so si the first six, seven months was strictly small local businesses that needed media buying. They were inundated by sales reps. And this is pre-social media. And so it's still mostly traditional. And um they really needed someone to serve as a protector. Uh, they were inundated with sales calls and salespeople and sales pitches. And they would buy things because the salesperson was nice or she was cute or whatever. And it wasn't really working for them. And so they needed an unbiased third party to look at the landscape and say, this is where your target audience is. This is where you need to be advertising. Why are you spending money over there? That, that's not a good place for you to be. And they needed that feedback. They were busy running their companies. And that was great. And then 9-11 happened. Um, and most of our clients were in hospitality, in travel. 
um, and in retail, uh, the three industries that were hit the hardest uh, post 9-11. And all of a sudden, we had to come to grips with, you know, if this company is going to survive, we've got to do some things differently. And so we started focusing on um, spreading our client base. So we weren't too locked into one industry or another. You know, being from South Louisiana, we had been through a couple of oil and gas rise and fall. And so we knew we wanted to be diversified. And so we really focused on that. And and what we kept bumping up against was that we were doing things in the way that we were kind of taught in, in school and had learned uh, when I worked on the West Coast and Michael's in Seattle when I was in Los Angeles. And there should be a certain way to it. And so we finally sat down and wrote that out of what our process was. And we call it razor branding because it's about cutting through the clutter and making sure you're, you're clearing out the things that don't matter, really focusing on the things that do. And it's a four-step process. Uh, focus, which is who you're talking to. Promise, why they should listen to you, how you're different from others. Uh, connection, what you're going to say to them. And then um, harmony, where you say it. So it's the who, what, the who, why, what, and where. And uh, we thought, okay, look how smart we are. And then all of a sudden, social media came along. And so the tactics changed. Uh, the tactics changed more than ever before in the industry. Even TV didn't change and disrupt the industry as much as social did. And so we thought, well, that may have been a fun ride, but it's over. But then we realized the process worked even then. And so where so many agencies are very tactically focused, you go to them, they're a website agency, they're going to give you a web solution. They're a social media agency, they're a social solution. So it was sort of like back to my original media buying days where people sell the thing that they have as their product mm -hmm. instead of looking at what the client needs and matching the need with the right answer. And so that's really where we have focused for the past 20 years. That is awesome. And that resonates with me because um, in our world, when we're a technology firm, um, a lot of folks come to us and, and, and say, hey, like, I'd like to talk to you about this new project. Um, and these guys say it should be built in in Drupal, you know? And I always ask, well, do they build everything in Drupal? <laughs> um, and we take more of the agnostic approach of like, I don't know what to tell you to build it in yet. We need to figure out who you are, what you're trying to do, what's your longevity, like all of those things on the technical side before we can recommend that Drupal or WordPress or whatever CMS or just coding languages in general are going to be the right fit. And you're kind of doing that same thing. Absolutely. Um, and being tactically agnostic means that I'm not trying to sell a solution. I'm trying to uncover the solution. Right. Right. Absolutely. No, that's, that's absolutely awesome. And I know that there's more about that on, on your website, which I will uh, share and is, is likely in the uh, notes of this uh, podcast as well. So, um, but thank you for sharing a, a little bit about that. Um, as we did prep for this call, I also learned that you are an author. Yes. And, um, and you know, I will let everybody hear from you what the title of that book is called and, and share a little bit about um, the, how you got there, what you did, what your experience was, and what that book is all about and why people might be interested in picking it up. Absolutely. Um, he said, she said, branding. It comes out of two things. One, 
our focus in branding. And um, I think most people assume that branding is a logo. It's a brand identity. And so we start with uh, really going back to the the origin, uh, which is Marty Neumeyer and the brand gap. And he defines branding as the emotional connection that someone has with a company, a product, or a service. And so when you focus on that, all of a sudden, you're focused on the person not yourself, not your product, not your service, but them, their pain point, what they need, and then what the right solution is for them. So branding at a nutshell. The he said, she said part comes from the fact that Michael and I, who co-founded the company together, are also married to each other. Uh, 24 years now, four kids, one business, a thousand fights. Um, <laughs> and so we thought to, to really believe um, in branding at its best, you have to look at it from two sides uh, the yin and the yang. And so there's the strategic side. And that's what I do. That's about really strategizing what's right. That's about research. That's about knowing that target audience, demographics, psychographics, pain points, everything you can know about them. And then the creative, that's the message that's really going to get you. That's the pretty picture that's going to get your attention. You can have one or the other all day long. But when you have both, all of a sudden it's better than the sum of its parts. So that's how we run the company, his team and my team. Uh, that's how we run our family. Uh, that's how we kind of do everything. And so we thought in this book, it would be good to hear both perspectives. And so he said, she said, branding is exactly that. We've actually just finished our second. Um, and it's he said, she said, babies. And it's about um, the crazy foolish people who with a one year old at home and being eight months pregnant uh, with number two, having only been married three years at this point, uh, thought it'd be a great idea to quit our real jobs and start a company. <laughs> uh, um, just a little yeah. clue. It's not. <laughs> There's a, 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 it, the, the two, those two idiots, they're fraught with challenges ahead of them. Uh, but so he said, she said branding, which you can get on Amazon, um, is really a great look at razor branding and the steps. At the end of the day, it's not rocket scientists. It's not about making it more complicated. It's actually about making it simpler so that people can do it for themselves, especially when they can't afford to hire an agency. Got it. Yeah, interesting. No, I mean that's that's a great uh, like take on it all. And I I do have a question though. Would it have better been better if you had all four kids when <laughs> you're when you start that business and have two under three? No, no. So we had four in four years. Um, oh, wow. Five if you count the business. Oh yeah, no, no. We just kept going. I married a good Catholic, and that's what they do. They reproduce like rabbits. Yeah. Um, and so. I mean, technically, as far as we look at it, we had five babies in four years, four humans and one business. And uh, I wouldn't have changed a thing. I mean, it worked out exactly like it was supposed to. The The preface of the second book really is saying, we made a ton of mistakes. We don't think we know more or better than anyone else. This book is to share our mistakes with you so that you can laugh with us um, and then maybe learn and not make the same mistakes we did. Go make your own. There you go. That's the um, same thing in business. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um I know I know folks on this this uh, listening to this podcast can't see us. Uh, thankfully so for me because I'm not that well dressed, but you well, are. Ditto. Um, I wore a t-shirt knowing I was going to be off camera today. Yeah, and but we can see each other while we're talking right now. And behind you you have like I want to say 150 lanyards which appear to be from conferences. 
That's about 150. That's, that'd be about right. And they are all from conferences. I get great joy out of being a speaker. Uh, and so if I could just do that all the time, um, except those four kids are real expensive. So that's not my sole income, but I do enjoy it thoroughly. I think that as a thought leader, it's important for us to share our knowledge. When we first started um, doing our own podcast, writing blogs, writing the book, it, it made Michael very worried. He said, we're telling them everything. And I said, yeah, that's exactly what we're doing. He said, well, then they could just go do it themselves and they don't need us. I said, absolutely. I said, but that's like saying when a chef publishes a cookbook that no one will ever come into their restaurant again. There's something to be said for someone else preparing the meal for you. The cookbook validates the expertise and lets me know how you think about things. So I know if I think about them the same way, it's one of the first steps in a chemistry check. And so Luckily, I was right, as I have been probably 999 out of a thousand times in our marriage. And um, it's challenging for him, I assure you. Uh, but so it's worked out really well. And so conferences are another place where I get to share that knowledge. I was in Orlando recently um, speaking at a big, big like global social media conference at Disney. And it was so awesome to share the stage with the marketing director from um, AARP and Southwest Airlines and me and the three of us talking about how we each approach branding and marketing and communications. And so it, it's all about the message, right? And so that's that's what I get to talk about at these conferences. Yeah. And is there any um uh is there any sort of like track that you go to like, oh, I tour with this one, or is it just random opportunities to speak at for different reasons at different groups in different places? I'm cheap and easy. I will literally show up anytime. I'll stand on a street corner, and if two people are paying attention, it's a and they give me a lanyard. It's a good day. Uh, <laughs> I feel like I learn by prepping the next deck. I feel like I continue to hone my craft by taking questions from people in the audience. Um, and so I am a lifelong learner. Uh, that's how I continue to stay good at my job. I can't just set it and forget it and be complacent. And so every deck is updated and customized. Every class I teach, every workshop I do, every course I record uh, for my online brand school. For me, it is all about continuing to stay on top of my game. Awesome. And well, and... Uh, honestly, I'm assuming that's why you do your podcast. That's one of the reasons yes. I'm doing it with you, um, is to to continue to learn about these things. Absolutely. Um, yeah. Cool. 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 Well, Jackie, it's been a wonderful conversation. I wish we had much more time, um, but unfortunately, that's all the time we have on uh, have for today on mind your own marketing business. I know. If, I think three things to talk about that people can go see for you. And we only touched on the last one for a second, but number one, brandrusso.com is your organization's website. That's probably in the, in the notes here. Um, also he said, she said, uh, branding correct can be found mm -hmm. on Amazon. And then you, you mentioned you do have an online learning program as well. Is that something they can find on brand Russo or can listeners it, find that? Brandstateu.com. Awesome. Perfect. Um, and thank you to our listeners for joining us. You can download episodes of our program by going to fjordsdigital.com slash mind your own marketing business or subscribing to the show on iTunes, Stitcher and iHeartRadio. Thank you again, Jackie. Thanks, Joe.